Yeah, hi. <laughs> Morning from the very bottom of Australia. <laughs> Freezing down here in um, regional Victoria. I'm, um, Mary, I'm an alcoholic and, um, and I'm in ACA and, yeah, lovely to be of service to a fellowship, um, both fellowships I, I'm actively in. Uh, my home group is uh, called Preston Sunrise and we host a, a meeting two times a week in um, Melbourne and then my ACA home group is in Cairns, which is a Zoom only meeting. And um, I've been in AA 10 years and uh, coming up being sober seven with God's grace. So you do the maths there, that sounds pretty, that sounds like carnage right there. <laughs> and I've been in ACA now um, just over two years and uh, I had the privilege of having a fellow traveller that I walk, walk with and um, I'm in uh, weekly contact with her doing inventories. AKA one last night. Yeah, so there are things that I actually have to do now for my um, recovery on a on a weekly basis. Um, I was born in a region. I was brought up in a regional town. On my actual birth certificate, um, my father says he was a publican. So I was born in a pub, and um, and and as it felt. Well, through the family tree, through ACA, um, yeah, I was born into carnage. Um, my mother's uh, father came out from Manchester, one of 13, and um, he was the alcoholic, the grand, my grand, great-grandfather. He'd been put in prison for um, some atrocities and, um, yeah, he... he he passed on the disease to my mother and my mother um, then obviously um, married someone uh, that was a great alcoholic and a, and a publican so it was it was it was a marriage made in heaven I am um, being in a, a very small country village um, I the first thing that I did you know to escape that kind of carnage of my home my mother was married three times and my father was married three times um, was to drink and um, I think my first love was food and then my second love was drink and uh, I uh, made all my choices based on where where the next drink was and I even I went to university I'm very fortunate that God gifted me a brain I just haven't used it in the appropriate fashion and um, yeah, I chose the university on the bar size, on the square meterage of the bar in <laughs> in Queensland. I'm sure people have heard of Queensland, but you know, I had to escape um, my mother, and so I uh, I ran to the furthest state. It was very unheard of to back in the um, late '80s to actually go to university. Like, you know, it was four hour flight away. And I just, I just had to get away. And um, but the trouble was, it was that pain of leaving home that I just couldn't concentrate on my exams. I just missed my hometown. But then when I got back to my hometown, I'm like, what's this? Why did I miss it? And and that's been that story all of my life is that that pull of the family, you know. I just always 
I never, until I got into ACA, never not had a holiday in my hometown of Warrnambool um, as staying at my mother's house, you know. Um, she was a single parent towards the end after her three husbands. But I just had this obligation that I, I was, um, you know, I'd just stay with my mother. I never thought stay in my hometown without staying at my mother's house. And... Um, I proceeded through my career, a bit of carnage there, but it really, my drinking got completely worse when I married a uh, dairy farmer, yeah, milking 500 cows in, um, in country Victoria, and it just really suited my style because he was away a lot milking cows and I would drink um, and uh, hide my bottles in, you can, you can hide a lot of bottles in 600 acres of land. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, it, woodsheds, tanks, fridges, and he'd be away and he'd come back from milking cows and he'd go, oh, let's have a drink. I'd go, what a great idea. I've already been drinking for a couple of hours. Um, but that, um, as I know now in ACA, I married someone who couldn't, um, we didn't, we, I, we didn't match, you know, that I just wanted someone to help who was safe, who had all those qualities that I didn't have in my own family, but really in the end, those were the things that really turned me off him. And, you know, the, the carnage is that we had three children in five years and the um, he one day came home and said he was taking the children to the playground. Hey, be nice. And... Um, and um, I thought, well, that's fantastic. You can take them to the playground. Um, the trouble is he never brought them back. And he said to me, you know, you, you need to leave. And one of them was um, only 18 months old and then there's a five-year-old and a three-year-old. And um, so that was a really hard week. I had to do an emergency court order to get my children back. And um, yeah, I, that's when my drinking really kicked off then because I had to move into a local town and um, look after three children. But you know, that was it because I didn't have a cop around watching how much I drank. And I proceeded to become a daily drinker, um, fight in court, you know, in a family court, you know, many times. And seeing affidavits around people saying, oh, my God, she drinks this much wine in this time and all these sort of things. And um, I, my sister came out from London. My sister lives in London and she helped me with one of the court hearings and we had, you know, a few drinks. And, you know, for a few drinks for an alcoholic of my type is just wipe myself out. And in the morning she said, I, I don't know who you are anymore. You, you, you are... Your, um, you have a personality change, you know, like we read in the big book. And I, I um, at that point, she said, suggested that I go to AA and I Googled AA and did a few of those, you know, questionnaires, do you have a problem, can you start, blah, blah, blah. I said, oh, yeah, no, fail. I'll, I'll go down and have a few more drinks and think about it and do it again. <laughs> See what the result is. Um, I got into AA, um, I thought, you know, no one has two-storey houses and, you know, I've got a car in the garage, this, this is really nice for you. Um, 
and none of these things have happened to me, you know, yet. Mm. Keyword, and then what happened then was I um, went into a comp convention for AA. I was 28 days sober, and one of the um, I was turning sausages, getting all excited about the whole AA convention, and it was fantastic to be in my hometown, this convention, and a guy walks in and, oh, mate, he's from my high school, and I said, you know, this is the answer, this is the solution, good on you, come on in, 28 days bravado. He said, Mary, I'm not an alcoholic. I'm, I'm here to give the doctor's opinion. And, oh, the shame that I felt. And, you know, my ego just went down like a balloon and flew all around the room and I just went, oh, the shame, sickness. So I ran home. My mother was babysitting the kids. She left and I just went and, and got a couple of bottles of wine and drank those and, and you know, the worst thing for an alcoholic is when you run out. And so I got in the car and went down to the bottle shop again to get some more and please pull me over and um, I blew in the breathalyzer and I was over the limit so they took me down to the police station and I said look I've got to get home I've got to get home I've got a babysitter you know I've got a babysitter I've got to get home to these kids and um, they said yeah fair enough so it was an hour and you know as I was driving back in the police car I just wanted to grab the policeman and go, mate, can you drive in the bottle shop? You know, like, I've come out now for a drink. I really want you to go to the bottle shop. And that's how the powerfulness of the disease of alcoholism, even when I've got children at home, I didn't want it, I wanted to. But anyway, the carnage didn't stop there. I got home and there was a police car there and uh, um, my little six-year-old had called the police because there was never any babysitter at home. And she was at the top of the stairs and she said, you know, mummy, where you been? Where you been, mummy? So she put her two brothers to bed at six and um, called the police. So that shame and guilt, you know, is deep within me. Um, and as a mother, as an alcoholic mother and I knew then that I, I couldn't, I, I just I just didn't have the capacity to look after three children, work full time. And so my children went to live with their dad on the dairy farm for six years and I saw them every um, second weekend for six years. And, you know, that shame of being an alcoholic mother and, um, but I just got so violent. I was just rageful. I, I didn't know how to hold down a job. Um, but, you know, through recovery, through AA, I, you know, went to meetings regularly. I did the suggested things and, um, you know, my children, um, we saw each other, we, we connected and I was a lot better mother in those, those years. Um, fast forward six years and I, um, moved to a regional town and, and, um, got an, a senior position at a local university and my children are um, at, a, at a high school up here um, in boarding school. Um, all three of them are now in boarding school. And um, I was just not getting on with my managers at work. And I had this terrible rageful incident where I told them to wipe the effing smiles off their faces. Um, 
And someone in my hometown here said to me, oh, I think you've got a problem with authority figures. I said, really? And said, oh, you should have a look at the laundry list. Right, stuff your laundromat idea. I don't want to look at that. And, um, but it was uh, something that I, I did do when I got home and read the laundry list and it was at the start of, at the end of 2019 and um, I started doing Zoom meetings um, in Cairns. That's where ACA started in Australia, which is right at the top, top of far north Queensland. I found a fellow traveller and for the next 18 months, for two hours each week, we did the NA Adapted Steps and the, um, the book, The Steps We Took with Joe McHugh and uh, the Yellow Workbook. And it was thorough and it was fearless and it was um, uncovering um, that childhood trauma that um, I was raised with. I had been sexually abused in my family. I had had, I'd lived in women's refuges through the violence and all of that um, had come out in the way that I had been as a parent and as a co-worker, uh, as a friend. And um, I think I've had a personality change as a result of the ACA steps. You know, I, I am very solid in my AA recovery and I, I do an AA Zoom meeting each morning at 7am and um, participate. But ACA has really taught me how um, my inner children were um, running my career and that was not, that wasn't helpful, you know. Um, it was very career limiting actually to have a teenager and my teenagers name is justice because she's out to get it and um if she's not heard in the workplace which isn't the place to be heard her place is to be heard by me as her loving parent um she was always seeking approval from these the c-suite and they just weren't there they weren't and it wasn't their role to be there and it's about accepting that um I've got to I've got to be the loving parent through the literature of a, ACA um, and some readings around detachment and um, boundaries. I've, I've grown, um, so I do a lot of work around boundaries. You know, my my um, fellow Trevor says, you know, zip up your boundary suit and go out in the world. You know, and, and I think that's something that. Um, just was all that enmeshment and codependency in my home. I didn't know where I started and um, my family stopped. It was all, we were all in everybody's business. And I was then, I took that that personality, that those traits into my Five workplace. Five minutes, Mary. And, oh, thanks, Kate. And then into my um, friendships and into my marriage and uh and actually even into some of my sponsorship relationships with AA sponsees and things like that. So it really is um, something that has been, it's so it's so wonderful to grow. Uh, I feel like I've got a whole new life as a result of detaching. Um, one aspect that I've been doing my inventory on is detaching from my children because they're teenagers now. I've got my daughter's turning 18 in January. I've got a 
a 16-year-old and a 14-year-old and, and they're becoming adults and, and they've got their own gods and their own paths and it's a it's a new way for me to, yes, I'm not responsible. I can care and love but I don't need to control and I see that in my inventories that I do, um, those defects uh, around uh, control and I see it in what is my core belief in my inventories? I do the sixth column and it's generally that I'm worthless, that I'm unloved or I'm um, not being heard. Coming second, after being in a train wreck of a family of you know, my mother marrying three times, I was always second, you know, always just looking after my younger brother and my younger sister and, and I'm always trying to get my voice. I find that when I do get stressed and I know that in my body is I lose my voice, I can't speak. And it's really, it affects that real chest area. But I don't have that guilt and shame now and that toxic shame that um, I feel as an ACA, particularly as a mother, I feel it in my gut. I don't feel that as much anymore. And when I do, I, I see it as a lighthouse. Do some work. What's going on? And that they're the signs now within my body. I feel that. And I, I um, encourage anyone, you, this work is hard and it is tough, but I, I've seen miraculous changes in myself and I'm now take other women through that are having, um, I see them grow before your eyes. It's like, oh, my, it's like a gift. It's a present. It really is. So instead of that present of that family dysfunction coming down the generational line, I now see that I do have a gift that I can share my um, experience, strength and hope. As long as I keep attached to the mothership, AA, and keep physically sober and I have sought outside help and often I go to OA meetings, uh, I, I'm willing to learn and willing to change and I pray to a higher power that Thank you for bringing me to ACA and AA and um, thanks for letting me share in your meeting today. Hey.